This is the strategy inside everything. I'm Adam Pierno. All right, welcome back to another episode of the strategy inside everything. We've been already talking. I I have some of this recorded already and you're joining us kind of midway through a fun conversation between today's guest, Christina Garnett. Now, normally, Christina, say hello. Hi. I'm so grateful that you volunteered to uh, make some time with us today. Um, normally, very structured. We start the episode and we launch in and there's a there's a kind of a planned entry to a topic. But we already started talking and had half of the conversation. We've gone through 17 <laughs> topics already. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, uh, I had to actually pause and say, wait, let's, let's start talking into the form of an episode because it's all getting away from us. So I'm going to try to figure out how to reel this back in. Um, Christina, welcome to the strategy inside everything. Thank you so much for making time. Thanks for having me. It's an, it's an honor being here. I've listened to a lot of the other shows and it's, it's great. Now, thank you. I appreciate that. Now you are kind of a polymath. So you were a math teacher. So I've said math twice in the same sentence, which is terrible. Um, (laughs) You were a math teacher, we were just talking about. You uh, have a career in social strategy as well. Mm-hmm. Let's give, you wouldn't mind giving people a sense of what your career trajectory was real quick. And then I think that the conversation will naturally dovetail right into that. Yeah, no worries. Um, I always start when anyone asks me about my, like my career path, I always say I'm weird because it's the only way to really describe it. I was an English major in college went to a liberal arts school, was planning on being pre-law, realized one day I had absolutely no love for it, that what liking law and order does not mean you should be a (laughs) pre-law. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't. It doesn't mean you shouldn't. It's not a a qualifier, let's say. Fair, fair. (laughs) Um, Decided to go into teaching, was up for a couple private school positions, but it was taking um, a really long time for them to make a final decision. And like the school year was creeping up and I'm a type A to a fault. So I went to a job fair, had a, you bring a resume, you put a sticker on that says like your name, where you went to school and like what your major was. Wound up meeting my future principal there who saw that I went to Davidson and basically said, oh, you went to Davidson, you're, you're, you must be smart. I need a math teacher. How do you, how do you feel about math? That's, it, that's how easy it is. That's pretty good. <laughs> I guess so, I went to the wrong school. I know, right? Um, so I wound up like, like long story short. I wound up teaching math for five years. So I went from English major to math teacher for five years with middle school and upper, upper, upper school, everything from pre-algebra all the way to like algebra two, discrete math, pre-cal. Um, met my husband, had babies, um, became a stay-at-home mom, hardest job I ever had, and just felt like my brain was rotting. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs> true, it's, it's, it's not rotting. It's just challenged in a different way. Yeah, it's just challenged in a different way. And I'm, I, I, I'm constantly trying to learn something like no matter what I'm doing, no matter how busy I am, my husband jokes that I'm always taking a Coursera class or a certification. Cause I, I feel like I always have to have something firing. Um, so re-entered the job market after oodles of time off and, um, was kind of slowly introduced into marketing. My husband would watch me, we'd watch TV and I would fix commercials and say like color choice, like word choice, word verbiage, like imagery, basically fixing. Um, Cause I was a deconstructionist at heart and still am. Mm. And um, so did all that long story short, found social media, fell absolutely head over heels in love with it. Um, 
and then just continued growing and learning and learning and learning and then kind of reverted back to the math teacher my inner math teacher and i'm just doing more of that strategy and doing more of those data pulls and so now i'm doing a lot of classes like data science and data analysis and learning about regression analysis and things like that so that's kind of where we are now that's pretty fun and so what um as I, we were preparing to get the episode actually started in earnest, I always like to review the current title of my guest and make sure I'm pronouncing everything correctly. <laughs> and what I realized was, oh, you just your, your job just ended. You're, you're not in a job. And, and this yeah. time, you never know how that happened because we're in the middle of uh, the still figuring out and solving everything that's happening with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about it, though, because I think it's it's. It's pretty relevant. amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's relevant. It's it turned into our topic. Yeah, um, you um, actually wrote something really powerful that I that I read a little while back. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I was a digital strategist at ICUC. It's a part of the bigger Denso Age network, and worked with some fantastic clients, Fortune 500, um, on social media strategy, digital strategy, um, creating Instagram stories. Um, I led a moderation team for one of the bigger clients there to make sure that um, 24 hours a day, the team was monitoring, was responding appropriately, was escalating when necessary, was making sure that any answers, any responses were in the appropriate brand voice. Um, And just like, it's a lot of work. I mean, I love it, but it's, it's a lot of work. And so. Yeah. If for people who don't know what, what community management and moderation is like, can you give them an insight into it? Cause I have, observed and supervised, managed those teams. Yeah. I've never worked at the keyboard doing it, but I have participated in the planning of it and watching things, yeah. cr- especially during crises. Yes. Or, um, oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, on a normal, like normal everyday, it, it can be stressful. Um, there's the angry person is more apt to say something than the happy person. It's just human nature the angrier you are the more you want to be heard so if you're looking at like when it comes to like percentages of what you're seeing whether it's like negative positive or or neutral the negative sentiment tends to weigh pretty heavily on just a normal day with covid and then literally every other crisis that's hit like we're on like a monster calendar every there's a chaos monster every month now yeah oh Um, month you kidding me yeah every every 24 hours (laughs) true um so you're basically in crisis comms, which is fine. If it's like, we have a week campaign, we have an event coming up, we have like a bad PR thing. Cause usually that lasts maybe like at most two weeks, usually it's 24 to 48 hours. And then like a celebrity says something incorrect and you're fine. And then like, it's all, it's all forgotten. That's what um, it all is though, isn't it? You're, you're on fire until something else catches on fire more. Yes. That's a hundred percent what it's like. <laughs> it's the worst because it puts you in the position of rooting for something like, I need Ellen DeGeneres to just absolutely flame out because I yeah. can't take another 10 minutes of this. Yeah. And what's sad and what the, what COVID is, has, and everything else has happened this year is that that's no longer happening. They're just, we just have stacks of crisis now. <laughs> like we're just playing Jenga, but no one wins. It's like not a single person wins. <laughs> No, there's um, no, there's no relief really. No. And so like the client I was working and I can't say the client. No, sorry, of course. Of course. I, I have like Uber NDAs. <laughs> I wouldn't um, ask anyway. Um, but 
like the the one client I was working for, which I love to pieces. And when I left, I told them I was like, "You guys are amazing. I love y'all. I'm still con- I'm still gonna talk to you guys on like WhatsApp. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna still be friends." Um, but there was a few weeks for like there was a major press release like every week where it was almost like break the internet kind of yeah. deal. So you go from having crisis comms, which like I said, is fine for a few weeks because you, you, you run on adrenaline and then you hit an adrenaline dump where you're just like, and we're done and I'm good. And like, I'll drink coffee like a normal person again. <laughs> but you go, <laughs> but back, adre- you go back yeah. to your normal 10 cups a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my IV of coffee, my Starbucks IV. Um, but a lot of us were hitting our adrenaline up like end of March, first yeah. of April. Um, and cause your body's like, this is how long it should have taken. And now I'm, I'm ready to heal and things will be back to normal. And the, the rest of the universe is like, sweetie, we're just getting warmed up. Like we, we, we're not done. Yeah. Oh, we haven't <laughs> so, even got started. That was the prelude. We haven't even got started. Um, the best, the best visual I can say for what community management is like now is there's a Billie Eilish music video where she drinks this glass of black fluid and then it pours out of her eyeballs. And I can't remember, I think it's like the party's over or something, but it's the only thing that I can, that I can, that I can convey that is what it's like to be in community management. Because no matter who you are, if you're in social period on any, like on any strata, you care, you love, and you love your brands. Like, I love, I love brands whose clients have been mean to me. Like, like the, the person, yeah. like the POC is hateful. Like the point of contact is hateful, but I love that brand so much because I'm, I'm invested. Yeah. You got I'm to know it so well. You can't help, but exactly find, find the parts of it that appeal exactly. to you. Exactly. So you can't sit there and whether you're at the keyboard or whether you're somewhere else, or whether you're leading that team or whatever, you can't turn that part off of you. So it, it slowly eats away at what you're, at what you're feeling and what you're saying. And a lot of times, like 99% of the time, if you're doing community management, you are being yelled at for things that you have absolutely no control over for decisions you didn't make for posts you didn't create for, for like, for things the brand is doing that you have, you have no control over and will have no control over. Oh, someone is yelling at you because the store, the location they went to in their hometown is yeah. closed 10 minutes early. Yeah. And there you are at your terminal, you're a phone while you're trying to enjoy date night with your spouse yeah. getting berated. And you're like, okay, well, this just ruined my night. Now I have to figure out who do I even ask about the Skokie, Illinois location of your store. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah, it can yeah. really be a nightmare. And well, also like I love a response matrix. I love doing one of the things that I taught at Matt's Future was game theory, which I find is really helpful for a response matrix because you have to look at something and think like, what are the craziest things that someone could say in response to this? Like what kind of comments, what kind of questions, what is the potential outcome of us yeah. posting this? What meme are they going to send back to me to one up me? Yes. Yes. And how can I respond to that if, if it's even appropriate? Um, and so creating those is great, but like everything else with 2020, like no, like no one's winning bingo. So even if you have this fantastic, like multifaceted response matrix, there's still going to be things that come in that you're just like, I have no idea what to do with this. And so like my team, would say like Christina, like they'd ping me at all hours. And I, I, I create the leadership that I want to have. I don't want someone to hit me up at eight o'clock at night 
knowing full well I have my phone with me if I'm awake and they're like I don't know what to do with this should I escalate this is this per and also like what's bad is they'll say something like they'll send something and it'll be is this person like threatening us or is this person being sarcastic right is this person crazy or is this person going to get a lawyer and knowing like what to escalate and what not to escalate and just like this insane amount of nuance that you have to just at a, at a split second understand yeah how does this need to be handled so you're on you're basically and i'm not alone in feeling this way but a lot of social media managers they're only off when they're asleep but even then i bet you they're having dreams or they're having anxiety issues where they're waking up at four o'clock in the morning because or just waking up and just picking up the phone and looking at the notifications. Yeah. Yeah. How I many mean, people it's, were it's, you managing? Um, my CS team was six. And how many brands was that? Um, at the end it was one, it was one full brand. It was a global brand that okay. had like multiple pieces. Got it. Was six. So you're, how did you receive the for that type of job where people are under duress you as the manager of that you you kind of absorb their psychic angst um was was that making its way to you or were you able to insulate yourself from there like there's a there's an empathy response but there's also a kind of your own well it becomes your pain yeah well i'm an empath i'm an infj Oh, okay. Um, so you, yeah, you are feeling so, it. So I can't turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it was built. Um, I had a great team, like my CS team. Like I love those people to pieces. Um, and they know that, um, there was a couple times when like, there's an insane amount of content coming in and, or there's a lot of negative sentiment. Cause especially what I like to do is as soon as I wake up, I ask, what's the sentiment? Like, are we seeing any major trends? what, like, I, I get a touch point, like, what's, what's the pulse check on this um, happening right now? And then also knowing that if it's a particular busy day, or if it's mainly negative, or if it's just chaotic, because there's just so much to have to deal with. Um, I honestly, I say what I want someone to say to me. So I go in that chat and I was like, guys, I just want to let you know you're doing a great job. If you need anything, please let me know. I know that this sucks. I know that this year has sucked. Like if you ever want to talk, please ping me. If you ever, like, I'm a firm believer in venting. Like every job I've ever had, I was that person where they'd come in my office, close the door, sit down. And I knew like we were going to have a venting session. Yeah. Because I like being that safe place for people. And because I'm an INFJ, I have this uncanny knack of people like wanting to tell me their life story. And so I'm like, if, if that's a, the gift I can give them where they get to like unload, that's a good gift. Venting's good. Um, so that's kind of where, where I come from, um, a place of you cannot keep it in. It will, it will slowly trickle out of you or it will come out in this like volcanic eruption, yeah. but it always comes out like always. And, but um, in your, in your case, the, the eruption took a <laughs> pixel form. I mean, <laughs> true. You, you channeled it. Yeah. Um, I had been wanting to, I've been thinking about leaving for a while. Um, and it got to a point where, um, it was very clear. It was a good time for me to leave. I didn't have anything lined up. And I, like I said earlier, I'm very type A. Um, so any other, any given Sunday, any other given Sunday that would have not have happened. Um, but I put in my notice and 
um, finished the rest of the month. So they were able to, so I did a, a month notice. So they were able to find a replacement and because I don't want to hurt my team, my strategy team, and I don't want to hurt the client. Like I said, I love them. Um, and sat down and just had, at, like, I, like I told you before we started recording, I feel like I didn't even write it. I feel like it just fell out of, like it, like, like liquid just like fell out of my hands yeah. over the keyboard. And it was just like, everything fell out of me. Do you um, think, was it, had you been holding it? Cause you just said for your team, you don't expect them to, you don't let, you don't, you encourage them to find outlets for it because it will yeah. trickle out. Otherwise, had you been holding it in and, and not taking your own advice until you sat down at the keyboard to write that? I felt guilty that I was feeling that way yeah. because there are so many people who don't have jobs right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm very blessed to have a job or yeah. not now I'm taking a break. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I do have another job lined up in September. I'm taking a month off to spend time with family and do the whole thing. Cause yeah. like, working 50, 60 hour weeks is just not optimal for humans. Um, so I'm taking so much new time off, but um, no, I think, I think I, a lot of it came from guilt and trying not to be myopic and think like, woe is me. And, I'm just suffering. And instead of thinking like, this sucks, but I should be grateful. There's so many people who have it worse than me. There's so many people who can't pay rent. There's so many people who don't have jobs. There's so many people who are doing like doctors and nurses who are fighting this on the front lines. Like my job can suck, but I, I'm not saving lives. Right. And I'm not losing people. I'm not watching death around me. So it was, it was one of those things that was like, I've and and plus I'd had writer's block for a few months. I, I wrote a couple pieces at the beginning of COVID, um, and and one of them did quite well. It was actually very similar. It was about how marketers can plug, um, and the next web actually like republished it, which was insane. So it was like that was a win for me during COVID. Yeah. But on the other end of it, after I finally like got rid of my writer's block, I, it was like I couldn't. It was like, I quit my job. I let all this out. And it was just <laughs> everything I'm feeling, not realizing, not realizing that everyone was feeling it on the level that I was because like social stressful and, and social and social has been hard, but are people feeling the burnout that I'm feeling? Are people feeling alone and feeling um, just taken for granted and, and, or like, it was like something I tweeted a while back and I was like, oh, what is it like? Um, it was like thriving. It was like living and thriving or something. Um, and I was like, yeah, thriving. And I was like, I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't recognize her anymore. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Well, what was, the, what was the response you got to your, to your Medium article? Um, I purposely didn't share it with my my agency team because oh, I'll, I bet did. <laughs> I'll bet you I didn't didn't <laughs> you know, i shared you... it with i shared it with a close i shared it with a close colleague that i love the pieces who's like my i call her my work wife because i love her um <laughs> i shared it with her and i shared it with um the the global lead at the client that i was working for and said like hey i've published this just wanted to give you a heads up um but i didn't share it with the team i didn't want them to feel like it was like the more I read it, the more I realized it wasn't just me. And the more I heard back, I realized that what I was experiencing wasn't singular. Um, a lot of other people were feeling this way. A lot of other people were feeling um, just lost and trapped. And um, 
not heard. And, and honestly, like in the social game, so much is put, so much pressure is put on, on social without any of the respect to go with it. There's so many people who are not paid what they deserve. There's so many people who are treated like lowly interns or even the audience assumes it's an intern. Um, so they're just, it just feels like a whole lot of work for something you love and not much else. And yeah, I think especially tough. in that moderation and in, in community management or CS function where there's not a lot of respect coming in from users, customers, people that are keying into you. And the clients, I don't even think really make a distinction between the group of people that are creating a content calendar and getting all the, I mean, it's not a lot, but getting the glory for doing that. I still, that, that group's underappreciated. The people that are responding to comments at midnight about the bad sandwich they got or the delivery that went wrong or whatever it is, yeah. They are cast out in the wilderness. Like nobody is thinking about yeah. them or their well-being. It's it's frightening. Well, it's hard. And also like there's a lot of times where I'll like I try to sleep, but I still but I also feel guilty for my team because we're 24 hours. And so there are people who know full well if they have a question, they can ping me. Christine is asleep. She probably isn't gonna get anything. And so like my circadian rhythm was super messed up. I would wake up at like four o'clock in the morning so that I would at least like get halfway through their, their shift to check and see if there was anything and then go back to sleep. Wasn't asked to do that, but I, I cared too much if yeah. that's a thing. And yeah. I was like, I, I want to be there for my client. I want to be there for the people who are asking those questions. I want to be there for my team. Cause it, it, like you said, if you're only, if I'm the only lifeline, and I'm asleep, then those people who are doing that, who are, who are, who are like plugged directly into the negativity, I at least have a buffer of leading them and helping them. And I'm, I'm seeing the worst because they have the worst gets escalated, but it's still not a barrage to me because I'm not that person who's working those eight hour shifts, answering those questions. And so I want to make sure that when I, when I speak for anybody that I'm speaking for them, as, as, as well as the strategists and the content calendar creators and all those things, because they're, they are directly at the source and it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, you're the, you're tough. the release valve for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's like, um, overtime syndrome or whatever, golden goal. Like the, mm -hmm. the pressure just builds and builds and builds, but nobody scores a goal. Yeah. And so Everybody on the team is looking at the next person saying, well, they're still going, I'm going to keep going. You know, they're working 10 hour days. I'll, I'll work 11 hour days. And yeah. so you get to a breaking point where everyone says, what are we, how are we, are we, we getting into this pace? How are yeah. we, when does this end? It's, it's yeah. month five. What are we, what are we going to do? Here? And that's why I'm really, that's why I'm really glad that more and more people are speaking up. There was, um, before I got on this call, there was a guy who had read the article and wrote his own piece talking about his experience and, um, and his feelings. And honestly, that's what it's going to take. I'm really grateful that the community, especially on Twitter, the community that's starting to grow and build there where we realize like we love what we do, but it's tough. And like two or three years ago, if you were talking to a competitor brand person on Twitter, it was like, it was horrific. It was like you were flirting with the enemy. Yeah. And, and now it's very much like band of brothers. Like 
got your back. You've got my back. We're going to share tips. We're going to, we're going to amplify each other. We're going to share each other's content. We're going to, I mean, that's honestly been the highlight of this year for me is seeing this community come from nothing. I mean, you, you kind of saw, saw it growing with Matt Navarra and the group that he was creating on Facebook. And then you started seeing it with people following Matt Kobach and, and kind of like all of those kind of things. So you're starting to see these circles um, start to come together. But it's, it's on a different level now. Like it's on a completely different level. Yeah, it is. It, uh, this, um, this summer has seen some real movement towards organizing people in a way that's really supportive and encouraging, uh, both in terms of proactive tips for content creation and strategy measurement, but also I, I've noticed a lot of voices for support and just <laughs> shutting down. Like mm -hmm. let's support people who take vacation and, and put their phone yeah. away or don't look at the screen for 10 minutes. Well, that's the thing. Like there is such, I think it really started um, with um, Alexis Ahani and he wrote a piece. I want to say it was last year and he was, it was all about like rejecting hustle porn. And then we're seeing like the evolved version of that where it's, we've all had to hustle because not because it was like glorified, but it was like, it was what had to happen to survive. It was like built into our jobs, even though it was kind of unspoken because it was, you're on crisis comms now and no one knows what's next. And we all know it's going to get worse before it gets better. And we have to continue to navigate like one crisis after another, like one PR like nightmare after another. And you like you're working 10, 12 hour days to keep up, like not even to like look like right. you're doing right. great. Like it's not getting it's not getting solved and you're not planning yeah. for three days in the future. You're just getting through today. Yeah, it's it's on the day, like, and that's the thing too. Like I've worked with a lot of content calendars and strategies and everything else. And I've had to be really honest and be like, I will write whatever you want me to write and I will pump out whatever you want me to pump out. But I'm going to tell you, like, you need to take this day by day because, and even like now, as we say this, I don't know what the headlines are going to say tomorrow. Uh -oh. We could have like a new trial for a vaccine or we could have like a terrorist attack. I literally don't know. Like right. they, you had the, you had the, the explosion happen in Beirut. You have the Ellen being canceled concept, like stuff going on. Like there's, you have the Axios interview with Trump. Like there's, we're, like I said earlier, we're like stacks and stacks of things that would have been the only headline right. last year. And now we're having them all hit on like the same day. Yeah. And the cycle time is absurd. Like that Axios interview and the meme that sprung out of that already had run its course. It ran yeah. its course within 15 minutes. Every brand had plugged into it. Mm -hmm. They had used the kind of confused face. Yeah, like, <laughs> which is says, kind of glorious. I'm not even gonna lie; it's such a great. No, I know, meme, I know it picture. is. I know, but it's like how many times? What? How many variations of like? What do you mean Twizzlers aren't the best licorice? You know? <laughs> okay, I get it. We're it all got, gonna it do this. Get old. Yeah, it, everyone, everyone like does their part, and then it's like cool. Now right. we're done. <laughs> that would have taken 72 hours last year yeah. at this time, and it took 72 minutes this year. True. No, very true. What do you think? agencies and brands can do to help people? Well, I mean, what, in, in a world in which they're, this pace is the reality. Mm -hmm. And if you're in an agency, the pressure to keep an account when business is tough for your clients and for your agency 
it's pressure on an agency, you know, managing director or someone running an agency to say, no, no, you know, we're not going to have people working 24 hours right now, or this is too, this, this is too much negative content. I'm going to have to split this up. What do you think realistically they can do? It's there's a few things. Um, I think there's a general, and I think this is agency-wide. I don't think this was just my agency. I've talked to a lot of friends that work at, at other um, agencies, and they, they report similar things. Mm-hmm. I think there's a general misunderstanding from ma- middle management and up what we do in the trenches. Like, they don't know. Like, they, they don't know. That's another reason why we can't take vacations, because there's no one trained who knows what it's like daily who can literally like, all right, I'm Christina for the day. And just go in And it's one for one, right? And that person knows all the details about their shift and there is no other person that can know them. Or, you know, they don't, the agency doesn't have the budget to have a backup person who could take two weeks to learn all those things and remember all those threads. Yep. So you have people who are taking a day off, but they're living by their phone. So they have like lists, they'll have a list of like, here's what I do, but that's not the same as like shadowing somebody. So honestly, I think middle management up needs to shadow people in the trenches, like not a lot, but maybe like once a day to see like, what is a day in the life? Cause they, I don't think they have any idea personally. No, I don't think I they don't have think any so idea. They, they are. Especially in integrated agencies where yeah. social is a silo. Yes. Mm-hmm. They may see the social strategist. They may see the social lead. They are not leaders in most integrated agencies are not integrate are not meeting with the uh, moderation team or the community mm-hmm. management team. No, and I think that at the end of the day, because we're all resort results oriented, which is great, but what you're do what you're doing is you're being seen at the end by how successful the end product was. So, for example, like the Nike ad, the Nike ad that had like the crazy edits. Yeah. We are all celebrating that campaign because it is glorious. Like it is art. Yeah, it's well done for sure. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, how many hours of editing was that? Because you not because it's not even just the editing. It's you had to find video data. Like you had to find video clips that would fit together in the first place. So I'm like, is that 200 hours? Is that 300 hours? Is that <laughs> 400 hours? And so I'm just sitting there like backtracking, thinking like, that's beautiful, but I would have nothing to do with that. (laughs) That is just an obscene amount of work. Like I can't even. So when you have teams doing that, when you have them doing like community management or you have um, like content publishing or even content creation, what you're saying is you're saying, well, they, they replied to a hundred posts in an hour or they created this audiogram, or they created this Instagram story, but you're not seeing the planning, the crafting of it, um, knowing when to publish it so it would actually hit appropriately and also not come across as like, because there's great content that you could publish today, but not publish tomorrow because something could happen overnight that could make that great piece of content look tone deaf tomorrow. I think we're all, we've all been guilty of that. Even in my, my own personal feed, I've posted something and that's a goofy tweet or an article or something that's stupid. And then I've looked at the trending topics and been like, Oh no. Like I got to delete this. This should not be. And for a brand that has a real regimented calendar approach. Well, on Thursday at three, 
this is what's going live. Oh no, sorry. No, yeah. keep, and and I think and is. and as a strategist, there's been times when I've had to like alert my team and be like, like you can if you want, but every cell in my body is telling you not to. Mm. Like please don't, because I'm already thinking like I I prepare for the worst. Like and that's I I, I find that it's like a really anxiety ridden piece of me, but I think it's also why I'm a great strategist because. I prepare for the worst and either good, something good happens or I'm right. But like either way I win, like I'm either right (laughs) or something good happens. Like either way, like there's, there's no bad side to that. So it's just, it's just very, it's really complicated, but that's when I, when I see that stuff, I just, I think that if they had, if they had just a strong understanding of what we do, there'd be more respect. There'd be more money. Yeah. Um, and there'd be more empathy. I feel like, and I know that middle management have their own things going on. Like I'm, I don't think they just sit at their desk and just like, I don't know, watch TV. Like I know they're working too. Um, but I do feel like, especially because, um, everyone's shifted to a remote environment, their idea of leadership has turned into, I'm going to hold a meeting. Yeah. And it is what you want, right? Another zoom meeting. Well, it's another Zoom meeting. It's usually pretty fake where it's like, how's everybody doing? So it's your mom. And I'm like, I'm going to throw my mug at you. Yeah, it's going to go straight through my computer and hit you in the face. Yeah, let's please not um, do this. Let's, let's just get to the point. Give me the bullets and let's get off this thing. Well, also, <clears throat> we're all busy. So when you put a meeting on our calendar, it's something, it's especially with, especially with like your director or management or anyone above even you know that it's, it's, even if it's not important, it's important. You need to be there. So a lot of times, especially for like, if I'm not, and I'll be honest, if I'm on a call, if I'm on a zoom call and my video's off and I'm like, I'm have to be there, but I'm not talking or doing anything. I'm on mute. My video's off and I'm working in the background, not because I'm rude, but because I've like, yeah, you've got to get it done. I've got to get it done. And like, I'm not going to, I've, I've had my work till midnight days. Like that's fine. But like, I can't do it back to back to back. Like I'm just going to have my other laptop right beside it. I'm just going to keep cranking. It's got to get done. I think we're all, I think we're all guilty of that right now. Yeah. And so what it also does is instead of the team thinking, this is great. I needed this meeting. Instead you start growing resentful. Because then it feels like I already am doing too much. Now you're pulling time away from me for something. And I'm sitting here and I'm listening. And I'm like, where is the value? Yeah. How is this helping or bettering me? Um, So if we are going to have meetings, like I'm not a small talk person. I know that's the INFJ coming out too. And, And small talk can be fine if it's like first five minutes, but like get straight into it. Like, here's what you need to know. Here are the highlights. Have an agenda. I've had so many meetings where there is an agenda and I'm just like, you, you got to give me time because when I'm on a client call, you expect me to have an agenda. So like, (laughs) you got to do the same. Hey, and if not an agenda, have a point. Like (laughs) if you don't have time to put an agenda together, at least tell me this is, this is what the meeting's about. Yeah. Otherwise it feels like the never ending story, but it's boring. And I'm just like, without the flying beast without the flying yeah falcor yeah without falcor gosh yeah that's a good pull (laughs) have you i have found myself uh feeling like if i don't 
I have a list of things to do that's miles long. If it's not due in the next 13 seconds, my brain is not capable of engaging. Like any long-term thinking, my brain is just like, that's not on fire. I can't deal. What are you crazy? (laughs) Get that away from me. I'm only dealing with emergencies right now for the next two years. That's funny. I don't, um, know. I don't know if it's funny. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's like funny. I don't know. It's sad, <laughs> but I feel the same way. Um, yeah, my the first thing I do, we have a mudroom in my house, and that's where my office is. Um, and the first thing I do is I go, as soon as I get up and get ready and everything, I go in there, and the first thing I do is a to-do list. Like, everything I know for a fact has to get done. And I do it as a pro- like a priority list. Yeah. Um, and then obviously as things happen, you add to the list. Um, I try to get like the fires done first and then anything that I know I can do quickly so that I can like feel those wins. But I, I love the to-do list because it, it, it meant like I immediately have a visual representation of my day yeah. and then I'm able to see like, Cause there's days you're like at two o'clock in the afternoon and like only two things are marked off and you're like, Oh, it's going to be a night drinking kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why I like to make a new list side by side every day. So I, if something's on there three days in a row, I'm like, okay, I now I have to make sure I get to do it. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. I do no, I, I try to do the same thing. It's yeah. I don't, the people who don't do to do lists, like, I don't, I don't know how they, I honestly don't know how they function. I have no idea. I need it. It's, it's, it's my crutch. Yep. Yeah. Showing, showing you my sticky note right here. Right? <laughs> Tomorrow there'll be another sticky note right next to that one. Yep. All right. Well, Christina, thank you very much. I am uh, relieved to hear that you're doing okay. And <laughs> yeah, you're taking you a month off. I am. I'm taking data science, data analytics classes, and I start with visit um, in September. That's awesome. I'm really excited. And maybe we'll have you back when you start that new job. You tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Thank you so much for making time. Where can people find you online? On, um, I'm on Medium. If you search for Christina Garnett, you'll be able to find me there. That's where all my blog pieces are. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm that Christina G. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn if you just search Christina Garnett. My Instagram's not like any other marketers. It's a lot of trees and clouds and it's just like cottage core. It's not, I'm not trying to sell things. It's just <laughs> it's like a nature oasis on my Instagram. <laughs> I like that. We'll link to all those things in the show notes so people can find you. Thanks. All right. Thanks for joining. That was great. Wait, don't stop listening. The show's not over. If you liked what you just heard, or you've liked any of the episodes of Strategy Inside Everything, do me a favor. I really appreciate it. Leave a review wherever you listen to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. Please leave us a rating and a review. Please, if you can, share this episode or another episode with a friend. Let them know what you liked about it. Uh, That helps us quite a bit. If you have ideas for guests, for topics, follow up on episodes you've heard, you can tweet at us, at APierno, that's me or at strategy underscore inside. That's the show. Either way, I promise I will respond to you and get back to you right away. And listen, running this show is a labor of love. I really do it just because I enjoy the conversations, but it does cost money. So web hosting costs money. Microphones cost money. My kids' haircuts cost money. If you wouldn't mind, look at our Patreon, Patreon, uh, Adam Pirano there, and you could help us out quite a bit. For more information about all the guests we've had, 
anything you want to know about the podcast, uh, my two books, Underthink It in specific, or ways to engage with me as a strategy consultant or as a speaker at your next event, please go to adampierno.com and you'll find all the information you want. And if you can't, just send me a note. Thanks a lot.